0: Welcome to the exciting, the riveting, the questionable Season 3 of Nanobot Rock Mixtape. We kick off Season 3 by asking the Joshua Tree. Underrated? Overrated? Laterally rated? Where will music be in the next 5-10 to years? And should you go full York? We discuss the UK, specifically the tracks Giselle Smith's King of the Mountain, Hold On from Mutant Thoughts, Gumshoe's Sayonara, and Clarity by Dahlia. This is Nanobot Rock Mixtape.
1: Music, comic books—we're all here. We're all seventeen-year-olds at heart, Greg. What were you listening to at seventeen?
0: Uh, what was I listening? To? Let's see, what seventeen. What were you listening to at seventeen? I was probably really sexy heavily... seventeen. No. What? <laughs> I was probably really heavy into my classic rock still. Like I was, I was like adamant classic rock. Like when people are like, you know, you need to start listening to Dave Matthews. I was like, no, man, have you really listened to Super Tramp? And check out Bob Seger and, like, Nothing Beats Floyd. Like, I was, like, the standoffish a-hole 17-year-old who's like, I don't need this modern crap. I just need my classic rock. I was probably still really heavy into that. Um, 17, what was I listening to? Yeah, classic. Tons of classic rock. Like, deep diving, obscure ACDC stuff and... Bob Seeger collecting all the Supertramp albums, still like heavy into some jazz stuff, like Louis Armstrong. I was I was a weird seventeen year old, but that's alright. That's fine. You could have just you, you could to- you
1: could have just stopped before seventeen. I was just weird.
0: <laughs> I was just weird. I still am. What were you listening to at seventeen?
1: Uh, nothing good. No. Um. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I was. I was all over the place because at that point, now I have to think. Now I have to think about where i was what what had come out at that point and where i was at um i had to do the math
0: too i was i was in the same position no (laughs) um
1: because that's when i had a job so i was starting to buy my own albums but yeah so like we had a classic rock station i'm sure we talked about it um so i would yeah listen to that because they and then like at 10 o'clock they had their zep set where they would play five led zeppelin songs so like that was you know standard That was a standard schedule for me back when you used to be a slave to your radio or your TV because things were on at a specific time and you couldn't record them. Or things were on demand. Your
0: your regular Zeppelin like Black Dog and all that, or like actual like diving into Zeppelin.
1: Yes, it would be both. Oh, okay. So yeah, they would start out with like a Dire Maker, and then they would you know go into. I mean, I was gonna say like immigrant song, but you know, like <laughs> a lot of love. Uh, what else? <laughs> yeah. But just because I'm blanking on the on the on the deeper cuts. Um Misty Mountain Hop. Um <laughs> When the levees break. But then, you know, like I was I, I bought you know, records and it was like whatever was kind of you know scratching my itch, itch at the time. Like I bought Offspring's IxNay on the Ombre, I brought I bought Veruca Salt's Eight Arms to Hold You. Uh, that was when I got into Local H. I bought I bought Local H's As Good As Dead. That was when I first started getting into that whole rabbit hole. And I even bought <laughs> U2's much star-crossed pop album because I loved the song Discotheque. And that was like when they first started getting into the foray of Electronic. And then at the time, I was also taking a class uh, I think I've talked about it. I took the, the music appreciation and history class in, or rock and roll appreciation history class in high school. And our whole project was to do a band. And because they were forefront on me, I picked U2. And so I kind of started getting into their discography. I went to our local library. I got, you know, I got Boy. I got, um, oh, I had Octong I had Baby already. Rattle and Hum. And then I started listening to Joshua Tree. And I remember that, like, you know, that was kind of their big, what do you want to say? Not, not that they ever really had a, a breakout album, because they had, they were, it seemed like they were always there. But I just remember, like, that one had, where Streets Have No Name, and With or Without You, and all these, like, big name songs of theirs. And then you listen to the album, and it's just like, it's so entirely different. So it kind of, like, opened up my world into, like, their kind of range because you go with like a on one hand you have Wither Without You, and on the other hand you have Bullet the Blue Sky. <laughs> and they're just so different. I, I feel like that was their that that must have that was like their huge breakout album. Like I worked with a guy and that was Hugh Two was his favorite band, and that was like his album. So I have to ask you, Greg, as a as a music person, is that album overrated, underrated, or properly rated?
0: Well it was produced by Brian Eno. So therefore it's, it's now, I, I rest my case.
1: Uh, so it's, it's side rated. I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> eno rated. this is a
0: lateral rating. Um, uh, it, the, so it's interesting though, because Joshua tree is, I mean, it's, you know, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And then sweetest thing, like this profound, this like we kind of uh, song, but
1: sweetest thing wasn't on that though. That was on. Yeah, uh
0: it was on Joshua Tree. Was it? Yeah, but it, it's it's weird. It, Joshua Tree is weird. Okay, it, this is this is the trouble that I think that we run into a lot with music or with art or really.
1: It was not on Joshua Tree.
0: Sweetest thing was totally on Joshua Tree.
1: It was. It might have been a B side, but it was the. It's on the. It's on the deluxe version, but it was.
0: Okay. So it was the cutting room floor. Copy. Yeah, of, it, it was like one
1: of those ones where it was a B-side for Where the Streets Have No Name, and
0: it showed up in a movie. Which one? Heathers. No, I don't know. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think about that time, what it would have been. Coming to America. Maybe it
1: was, <laughs> maybe it was just, maybe they so it was released the it as, as uh, it was a B-side
0: for Where the Streets Have No Name. So it was recorded at the same time, and then it was just... Ended up coming out on the deluxe version. Okay, so, so yes, it was meant to be on the Joshua Tree, but due to technological disadvantages at the time, it did not get sent to print. We'll go with that. How's that There sound?
1: you go. So, somebody somebody on the internet is yelling at us right now.
0: You don't understand, you two. I will take you to California, and we will show you the real Joshua Tree while listening to the Joshua Tree, and we will... I. Anyway, the the interesting thing about... Joshua Tree and I think music or art in general is that if you can experience it within the time frame of which it comes to fruition or they're close to if you will. So if you if you experience the Joshua Tree in 1987 or in the I would give it a 5 year buffer either, you know. I wouldn't say either side cuz it didn't exist in 1982 but so up to like say 1992 anywhere in there I think that the Joshua Tree is a profound album. And I think that it's it. I think that it's properly rated to answer your question. I think that it is revered by those who experienced it in its time. And then if you go back and you listen to it now with where we've come in music, it, you're probably like, wow, these old guys are singing these songs. Neat. Have you heard the new Cardi B? Like it, we don't, <laughs> it's, it, I think that it's hard to look at it through the lens of the time in which it existed now, if you didn't experience it somehow in the time that it existed.
1: Yeah. I get that.
0: And Brian Eno. And Brian Eno. But that's, that's, so that's interesting though, because I think that that's properly rated, but it, there's a question that's come up to me. It seems to rear its head every couple of years over, since we started doing Nanobot. And it's an interesting question about the Joshua tree. And I, and I'd pose this to you as well, is that the Joshua tree, where do you see music in the next five years? Because music is highly cyclical. The -hmm. Joshua tree definitely laid the groundwork for a lot of musicians and a whole new sound. You two did in general, but I, I, you know, when we started Nanobot, it was really kind of, it was driving in this kind of folk direction. Music was the independent music was definitely driving in this, this folky. I mean, if you remember like the, the Rinton tiger days and, and a lot of those sounds that we heard and, it was heavily rooted in folk but then it's kind of transitioned back to a rock sound to a synth sound where where's music headed clay from 1987 joshua tree to 5 years from now what are we going to hear where where is music going are you talking mainstream
1: music or are you just talking music in general
0: like- music in general because i think that they're they're pretty well tied together even you know at the fringes i think that they are i think they're tied together independent or mainstream
1: well, I <laughs> I love how like all of a sudden I'm some sort of authority on on what music is going to do. Like I'm I'm the guy <laughs> who for the last thing I ever wrote 6 almost 6 years ago said that if Idola isn't the biggest band at the end of the year, I will say that I don't know anything about music.
0: <laughs> okay, Fast hold
1: forward on. To now I'm now saying it.
0: We're we're not Robin Hood game stopping music here. We're not trying to go, here's what you need to do. We're just generally speaking with because yes, you may here, not have here hear my later. stonk picks. <laughs> what what where these, do you... these
1: music genres are my new tendies? <laughs> uh, no, doors. I I don't I mean it's it's hard because I uh, I'll be I'll be fully transparent. I don't have enough confidence in my ability to Assess the landscape to say that I know where music is going to go. If I had to venture some sort of amateur guess, and I think I get, I I think a couple of our tracks that we're going to get into get there is like the synthesizer is not going anywhere now, and sure, you're going to see a lot more. You're you're going to see more electronic than you are going to see people kind of getting back to. Um, these old school rock and roll studio sessions. Like COVID changed a ton, a ton of stuff. Studios are expensive. People can record off their laptops at home. You know, if you don't, if you don't have a bassist, you can create a bass digitally. Like-
0: We don't need bassists. We got a computer. Because
1: <laughs> why would you want one of those guys in your studio? They just take, they take all, their, all your beer and they, they eat hot dogs and leave crumbs everywhere. And that's how you get ants.
0: What do you call someone who hangs out with musicians? A drummer. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, Apologies to all the drummers out there. Don't hate me. Kevin doesn't listen to the show. That's all right. We don't listen to Kevin. So are you saying like the electronic, like uh, uh, Billie Eilish, like that mumbling emo-y, like like that kind of crap or like daft punk, may they rest in peace, Um, kind of... Kind of electronic, where we're gonna get back to I, around I love the. I how world. you
1: pull your punches.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what I feel about Billie Eilish. Oh my god.
1: Well, uh, but I think there, I think there's a place for what she does, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it there. Trash cans
0: need a bag.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <clears throat> we are we are about joy and bringing people up here at nanobot greg i need you to stop <laughs> i need you i need you to i need you to stop with the negativity i need you to bring i
0: need you to bring the light i need you to bring the energy <laughs> i will i will be the light and energy the negativity shall not pass stop trying to punch up it is
1: just it is not it is not a good look on you <laughs> uh, i mean like like i've always said from the beginning, like. Somebody's favorite artist is Billie Eilish, and they're not wrong. So you do not have the no. Place you're right. To, you're to, right.
0: T- no, no. I'm that. not. I'm not telling them that they're wrong. But, but the question but, though is the electronic, like Daft Punk electronic, or like Billie Eilish electronic, because there's anything of it. Uh, anything difference.
1: of it. I think you're going to see, like one of my favorite since you since you touched on Ga- Daft Punk, one of my favorite tracks off Daft Punk's Random Access Memories is you know Giorgio by Mordaire. and it's just you know this guy you know Giovanni Giorgio talking about wanting to go to discos in in the 60s and 70s and like you know sleeping in his car and like trying to live this experience and then getting his hands on a Moog synthesizer and realizing what it can do and all of a sudden now this whole new sound takes off and I think I think that's the kind of stuff that you get and that that is what I expect to see and what I hope to see is people beginning to experiment now more with with this type of sound and like I almost wanted like I was gonna say like you know creating like deep fakes (laughs) it for the for music where it's like you can create something like what sounds like an amazing drummer but it's gonna be music or it's gonna be music it's gonna be digital pre-programmed into a laptop and so I see people kind of wanting to experiment with like recreating recreating sounds and Kind of just like, well, what if we take disco and we insert a, you know, a trap beat to it? Or like, you know, just kind of you like... You get
0: Love Gun. Yeah. By Kiss. Sure. There you go. Trap beat disco. You're... Okay, this is this is really weird. Because I, I, I posed this question to you because the question was recently posed to me. And my answer was almost the same. Okay. That in five years, this electronic sound, this style is going to stick around. This is what it's going to be. And that... It's very weird because, and, and I, I have to be completely transparent and candid with everybody on this, that no, we did not talk about this before. And I didn't even allude to you that I was going to bring this up in this episode. It's really interesting that we both had the same thought, that that's exactly where we thought music was going to be. Creepy. <laughs> well, but I, it doesn't take... It doesn't take a
1: Robin Hood GameStop uh, type crystal ball <laughs> to to go... Short-cell you know, music. Pe- people have spent the last year at home, uh, like I think back to a couple mixtapes ago, we were talking about Electro Blue Society, you know, collabor- collaborating, let me go email you a bunch of songs and then you email me back your piece and then, you know, we're doing things that way. But for better or for worse, over the last year, COVID and everything else has made our society more insular. And when you do that, people are going to find ways to to be able to do things on an island and unless you're prince or billy corgan you're not going to record every single instrument on your own and then you know release the album and while they're both musically talented i think you need a diversity of thought when you record so that's that's my that's my stance on them basically this is a smashing pumpkins album no it's not it's a corgan album anyway uh (laughs) people are going to do ehi, i need but, to know where ehi is but but people are doing things by themselves or they're doing things over you know electronically submitting things electronically and i know i'm kind of rambling here but i th- I, I just i see that we're kind of doubling down on this on this new world and you're going to ha- continue to have people who kind of broach things from a classical direction which actually will nice is a nice transition into our first track where you've got kind of these studio musicians that still kids like you who are listening to classic rock when they were in high school that want to keep want to keep that party going you know are still going to do it that transitions us really well into diving into the mixtape talking about that live music in session studio sound uh, bridges really well into our first track of this month's mixtape and this is a psych soul cover of a mid-2000s Kate Bush single. I cannot think of a track with enough vibrance and energy to kick off our discussion this week than with Giselle Smith's rendition of King of the Mountain. <laughs>
3: You right over the top?
1: King of the Mountain is the first single released off Smith's third upcoming album, Revealing, due for release in the early summer on Jalapeno Records. This may seem like a peculiar era of the British artist's catalog to delve into, but listening to Smith's interpretation, it, it doesn't take long to understand why. I mean, the original may be ethereal and drifting but it does kind of have that funk reggae influence at its core and while Kate Bush you know she prefers the light touches with her music style like Giselle Smith she just goes for the jugular like there's you know the tight drumming Smith's soulful vocals and synth that can only be described as dirty makes this <laughs> track less of a song and more of an event
0: you I, I- Yes. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely <laughs> captured it. It truly, I mean, it is. And there's this like trend with, yes, it's a cover of a Kate Bush song, which we are coming to the point where basically every song that Kate Bush does is going to be covered. Um, and they, I, I don't, I'd be hesitant to say that they're better than the original, but I'm looking at you placebo. Um, like the ability to cover Kate Bush um, is that, that you can, amazing. you are, I'm sorry. What? I said that song is amazing. Yes, it is, but so is King of the Mountain, and it's like Giselle Smith splices that Kate Bush track to the power grid and sparks this new life into King of the Mountain that that just goes all in. I mean, you absolutely touched on it, and it's beyond the electro-funk-infused, kind of early Stevie Wonder-esque reimagining of a track. It's the nuanced vocal execution for me of Smith's King of the Mountain that on one hand, slaps me across the audible face with the awe of just her vocal ability. I mean, seriously, pause for a second and just appreciate the hell out of her vocal ability. But it brings a treasure trove of this re-listenability to her rendition of King of the Mountain. And it's so nuanced that you'll go back and you'll listen to it and go, Oh... That little, that little thing she just did with her voice, I didn't pick up the first time, but now I got it. And you just, you appreciate this track again and again as you move through it. And I think those nuanced vocals really elevate that along with that, just the electrifying of what was kind of that ethereal, spacey kind of Bush rendition.
1: Yeah. I mean, what does Kate Bush have with topography anyway? I mean, she's running up the hill. She's playing King of the Mountain. Like what, like was, I don't know what it was in her childhood, but yes, like you brought up something that I feel like is kind of at the core of what I enjoy about music is it's those audio Easter eggs. Yeah, like it's just you listen to a thing over and over and over again on your headphones so that you can pick up every little thing, and it's just yeah you catch that little nuance here and there. Like I mean, you know, I, I listen to this track and you know it's just kind of like yeah this this chopping guitar is great, and then you know the fifteenth listen you're you're still going along with that, and then you're like oh I never noticed that little bass ditty before. That's a really really cool little thing to throw in there. So it's just. It's a song that you can continue to just discover things the more you listen to it, and that's what I love so much.
3: And, a you're nice. and you will rise again
1: bit of backstory about why uh, Smith chose this song. It goes back a couple of years, and she decided during some recording sessions to cover the song as a dedication to her father, who was Joe Smith, who was guitarist and songwriter for The Four Tops. But as some of these things go, sometimes things just don't go as you expect. And unfortunately, he passed away not long after she decided to cover this song, um, which I can only imagine just the, the emotional toll that, that that took on her. Yeah. But I can't believe I'm saying this. I could not think of a better eulogy. Like this is, you know, sometimes the best eulogies aren't things that we, that we write ourselves, but it is definitely something that she took on as her own and, you know, breathed into the coals and just sparked a new fire.
0: You're absolutely right with that. And I, you know, it, it reminds me of when, when Joe Cocker passed away and, um, I believe it was, uh, it was either Ringo Starr or, um, I want to say it was like Steve Winwood when he was with Traffic, but one of them said that I may have written the song, but it was definitely Joe Cocker's song. And, the way that Giselle Smith executes King of the Mountain, and maybe it is that emotion infused with it, and I, I'm massively appreciative of the talents and, and what her father did, and, and you know I'm very sorry for the loss, but I, I applaud the take that she has on King of the Mountain because she made it her own. I'm tired of people covering songs. That just kind of, oh, well, I've got this maybe mopey vocal that I want to throw to this song or, oh, I've got this, I want to elevate the guitar just a little bit. No, she just straight up put this through the strainer, broke it all to pieces like Vision laying on a table and recreates it in her mind in a, a less WandaVision's creepy New Jersey town kind of way. But I and I applaud the gritty electronic core of her version of this song. it It isn't a cover as much as it is a replanting and a cultivation of an entirely different environment that adds a whole new level of flavor to what is a great Kate Bush song. And to me, this is Giselle Smith's song. Like all will do respect to Kate Bush and, and I will continue to have massive respect for Kate Bush, but this is a Giselle Smith song, the King of the mountain and the way that she elevates and cultivates. Like I said, this particular song just brings a whole new world to, to what was the song that that Kate Bush released.
1: Keeping up with Greg's topical and timely timely pop culture references, <laughs> I guess he is calling "King of the Mountain." Giselle Smith's "Ship of Theseus." So, go check out "King of the Mountain" and the new album "Revealing," which will be out this summer on Jalapeno Records. Giselle Smith, go check her out. Listen to what you have to say attentively, intent, attentively,
0: and then I will respond in kind. That's dangerous to do. Let's let's stay in. We're not going to get out of the UK at all this episode, are we? No, that's fine. Uh, They've got great soccer teams. And the next track on the mixtape is Bristol Rock Trio. Okay. I, I'm gonna go off the the standard intro on this because these guys tout themselves as quote a fusion of off kilter cerebral rock and Latin infused grooves and pop sensibilities. Too many uses of the word and for me. How how but, is that
1: how is that off brand for us?
0: Well, because I'm not just going hey check out the song here we go we're gonna launch into it like the Ollie Medlow drums and, and backing vocals Hans Luis Sarah Luis Sarah excuse me synths. synths and vocals, and then Joshua Lennox Hilton bass and backing vocals are the trio that makes up Mutant Thoughts. And the track we're talking about for Mutant Thoughts is Hold On. there's not a great deal of that Latin Groove in the latest single hold on but what we do have is this off-kilter cerebral rock so they, they nailed it there I think I think that there's a lot of off-kilter cerebral rock here but the Latin infused I was struggling to find
1: well maybe it was just the you know the non-standard time signature of this song like I mean this is definitely not a you know a four four beat when you when you jump into this thing. So, and I know a lot of Latin music, you know, relies on what, what, what are some non threes? Two threes, two sixes, eight, eight, four on the floor, it's, six, uh, seven of nine. Oh wait, no, that's go. a Star Trek reference.
0: Yes. The, okay. So the, the time signature, I, I would be hesitant to just isolate that as the Latin influences, the, the abnormal, I guess, for lack of a better term, uh, the Latin influences the time signature, because I think that that's detracting from the ability of what this trio uh, Mutant Thoughts has. It comes in on the dancing keys and it exits the same way. So it, it bookends this track with these keys. But in between, there's this synth core drifting through a space of disoriented light that keeps refocusing my attention, but without losing me. Like, it's It's like I'm drifting, and there will be a blip of light off to the right, so I'm, ooh, that's neat, and then I'll blip off to the left, and I I am attracted to that, all while just slowly floating through the space that Mutant Thoughts has created. And yes, maybe I'm saying Mutant Thoughts a little too much, but it's fun to say with the track, and you listen to the track and you understand why, because it almost feels like this is not a normal, rational human thought process to create the track of hold on.
1: I know it's going to be easy to make comparisons to another British band with, with Mutant Thoughts at time. Which band? Well, it's not Zebra because they're from Texas. Um,
0: <laughs> well, it's Texas, big country. Technically, they're Scottish, but that's right.
1: <laughs> Apparently, I expended all my energy off that first one. No, I'm I'm talking about another another band that experiments with sounds and time signatures and even that vocally go the same direction. and yes it's it's easy to make a radiohead comparison but then you get into the bridge of the song like around the minute 30 mark and like Han Lewis Sarah just goes like full Tom York to me and it, it just it it really takes that kind of early 2000s you know radiohead really trying to do something unique and different so that's to me where I kind of get that comparison from.
0: That's interesting. I, I didn't, my mind didn't go there and granted you should never go full Tom York. Um, the
1: half York, just go yeah, ha- half keep, keep, York. keep your flags at half York.
0: <laughs> I didn't get the, the Tom York and I see it now. That's, that's crazy. And that I think speaks volumes to mutant thoughts because it was able to achieve that, but without blatantly do it. I mean, since radiohead has been around, everybody's been trying to be radiohead. Let's be honest. Okay, not everybody. Um, Billy Eilish is not trying to be Radiohead, but there's a lot of people who have tried to emulate the Radiohead sound. What about of... Megan? What about Megan Trainor? Is she trying to be Radiohead? I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, having sig- a, I'm having a good day here. I'm going
1: not... to cycle through all your favorites right now.
0: <laughs> Steve Gutenberg did not try to be Radiohead, uh, but it's I didn't I didn't but get did that. Michael, but I but could did Michael see, Winslow? He could have he could have i would have liked to see him do the 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 lotus dance or whatever it was anyway the um the mutant thoughts it i guess the way that they created this vast sound within this track within hold on just drew my attention so strongly in one direction or into that that ethereal spatial kind of creation that i was alluding to that it, it totally just wiped any association with radiohead out of my mind which I applaud, uh, because typically when people try to go full York or full Radiohead, they, they're they very blatantly trying to be Radiohead, and you hear it. The What Mutant Thoughts was trying to do here, I think that they achieved massively, and, and there is a whole narrative to this track.
2: Oh, I wouldn't trust them.
0: Mutant Thoughts is striving to create a theme of contrast in the midst of a narrative fragmented connection to one another like it's it's it is that that emptiness that that has blips of light and hold on elevates what they were going for and it absolutely achieves their goal if not soars confidently past it and i think that that is what separates the full york association for me here um i'm going to have to go back and listen to it now because i want to listen to that and and see if i catch that um i I will say that mutant thoughts that there there is a whole basis to what they're trying to convey with this as well they say that hold on is quote a diatribe against government incompetence and social exclusion hold on's premises are stark against the current climate with the uk government's repeated mishandling of the COVID 19 pandemic tangent the uk is not the only one mishandling the COVID pandemic so you guys aren't alone just know that we're out here too end of tangent and our fragmented sense of connection to one another end quote and i think that the the key here is that that fragmented connection to one another that i think somehow audibly in a very strange way even if you didn't know that comes through confidently in this song that's that's a great achievement mutant thoughts
1: hold on check it out greg are they coming out with a new album soon
0: uh, they're releasing some singles, and that's that's Just where singles? we're at right now. As okay. far as I know, we're gonna go with that.
1: Cool, thanks. You're welcome. Anything else you want to? No, okay.
0: That's that's all I got. All right gum shoes oh man where in the world is carmen san diego i loved that show
1: there's a new one
0: that's a cartoon i like the original one when uh, the chief would all right gum shoes she was awesome
1: i liked i liked the video game
0: it, it was damn near impossible so like, we- i'm going to florence instead of rome and oh you failed game over start over <sighs>
1: It was great. I had an encyclopedia with all the flags, so I could know where she was going when they do the flag. So you thing. You, you cheated, that, okay? What I was supposed to know every single nation's flag.
0: Yeah. What else did you do in fourth grade? Come on. What country had Tom York as a flag? Every country has Tom York flags. That's just why imagine, it's just referred to.
1: His, just imagine his mug in like in the in the Mexican crest.
0: Mm. That's it. It's
1: all that stubble coming at you.
0: That's why when there's a national tragedy, every country puts their flags at half York. Duh. So from Carmen, San Diego to I love love
1: that this is our theme. With a bright Calypso-like introduction, our next track dives into darker waters of goodbyes and trying to let go. I mean, it's, Greg, I know it's a tried and true theme, but I really feel like new life is breathed into it by Phil Hampson going by his solo artist name Gumshoe. And he brings us the delightfully complex sayonara. is the new self-produced written and performed single by gumshoe is off his new de- debut lp positive sinking this track uh great <laughs> this track <laughs> a little before the two minute mark hampson has this lyric that just hit me it's called uncertainty is state of the art and i feel like it just completely applies to this song from that aforementioned Caribbean intro, the song goes deeper with this gravitational sense of lost, and then jumps into this like wailing guitar solo, and then shifts over to Darth synth, Darth synth, into darks. <gasps> s- <laughs> no, there's there's no there's no heavy breathing in this song, uh, or James Earl Jones. Sadly, oh, man, mm. that would be a great collaboration.
0: <laughs> but, missed opportunity. Yes,
1: come on, Gumshoe. Are no, you even this, trying this dark synth, like? It's kind of got this, like, kind of like the last song, maybe a Latin intro, maybe not. Uh, and then the, the guitar, and then it goes into this synth, and then just like rinse and repeat. And like to say that the song left me surprised and off balance is is, is a monumental understatement.
0: That, ah, <laughs> uh, who? <whew>. So, <laughs> the, I hate the title. Completely wrong direction for Gumshoe for the title. I, I mean, I get it, but no. It, you this you is, get it? How do you get it? I get it because this, this should be hello instead of sayonara. Uh, it this, should be
1: like, is you mean like aloha or chow? Like one that could mean yes, <laughs> like hello and goodbye?
0: Not hello, not aloha, hello, aloha, goodbye. Yeah, Yes, but no, it, I, I... It's okay. chow for me. Go ahead. Let <laughs> me backtrack a little bit here before I go completely insane just gushing over... How much of a fan of Gumshoe I I am after this track, and will be probably for the rest of my life.
2: Certainty,
0: state of the art let's backtrack just oh, before you backtrack
1: let's backtrack to the backtrack uh, i forgot to mention that this is yet another british artist hailing from northwest of england wherever that is
0: northwest of england is water northwest <laughs> england or northwest of england great greenland i oh wait yeah you're going that way I was like in Northeast. I was like, okay. I'm geographically. The uh, the Aleutians. The, I I don't know. I don't have a globe nearby. The Northern Seychelles that we're just gonna imaginely imagine imaginely? Imagine Whatever. Smith is. Anyway, the <laughs> that's that's a good point. We're we're not leaving the UK for for this episode, it would appear. There was this style. We we I guess it's apt that we started the episode by talking about the cyclical stylings of music and kind of where it's headed and things like that. Because there was tracks originally laid down by the likes of fleet foxes and local natives. They laid this groundwork. We saw shift into the likes of like picture Atlantic over time. And then it feels it faded out. And, and there was for the artists that could truly fully swing into the pitch of that style. There was profound accomplishment. And I feel like gumshoe, revitalizes this infused folk prog synth sound that came to that undertone synth, I should say, not completely full bore, but it weighs heavy on these just arcing vocals and the dreamy landscapes that I haven't been this profoundly in awe of the indie alt rock sound since boy and bears Harlequin dream. Sayonara. It just reached into a part of me that I thought I had full grasp on and it just revitalized the the appreciation and the passion for this sound to where I want to in heavy doses absorb gumshoes creation and for a debut track debut album and a track like this to have that impact I just I'm really holding back on just going full out oh my god on this this song it
1: but I mean what was it specifically that just kind of reached in on you there. I mean,
0: I I put my headphones on and, and sayonara is like, it's like diving into glass. Like imagine there's a mirror and that it only shows the reflection of those passing by. No one cares to investigate. They don't, you know, it's, it's another piece to the world around them. They take it for granted and assume that it, how it is will always be. But when you dive into sayonara, when you, when you actually investigate and you dive into that smooth, silky surface, the ripples part and transform the world around you into this vibrant, unabashedly captivating landscape that is a reflection of your own self in a way. And it's, it's beautifully done. It's just airy enough that it's, it's not cumbersome and it doesn't drag you down, but it's thought provoking. And it just, like I said, it, it is somehow boy and bear achieved it with Harlequin dream on the whole gumshoe captures that in one song in sayonara to where i've got to listen to the rest of this album it just i get lost in it get consumed in it 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 will do nothing but reward you for your time
1: i could not have said it better so go check out sayonara by gumshoe the new ep positive Sinking will be out hopefully sometime this year go check it out
0: with our promises and staying within what is technically the UK. We are going to head north of Hadrian's wall because the Romans did not build a tall enough wall and we don't care about it anyway. Isn't it only like two feet wall? Two feet wall. Yeah, it's and two feet wall. It's two feet wall. And we are heading into the great and glorious land of Scotland. And the next track we are talking about is from Scottish trip hop, witch house artist Dahlia. And the track is clarity.
3: I'm a wicked a Just a vessel to an empty space and time where I escape my mind.
0: Clarity is intended to reflect on watching loved ones struggle with their mental health. This track, the song, I mean, so many artists touch on the topic of mental health, which is a a great thing that it's talked about. And we are working to destigmatize that. And I think that that is massive. And I think that it's a healthy outlet for artists. And I think that we need to just embrace it because you get an honest reflection. But where Dahlia succeeds is in how clarity plays to the silence. Mm. So rather than waxing some poetic. (laughs) You're just
1: making me cross out all my notes right now,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's, but it's rather than rather than waxing some poetic profound narrative that you try and cram into three minutes where she doesn't sing speaks almost as loudly as when she does. And when you put those two together, it creates this just profoundly gorgeous message that she, she has worked to achieve.
1: Like anything else, when it comes to, you want to call it heavy subject matter, there's an art to knowing when to, when to hold back and when to push the bruise. And I feel like Dahlia does exactly that with, with all of this. And I mean, you you touched on a huge piece of that is her ability to dwell in this negative space because this song has such textured layers to it in terms of the uh, of what the synths are doing and the drums and her, and Adalia's, you know dark silky vocals. There are just these moments where it's just it's just her it's her vocals standing alone and maybe there's like a slight a slight beat behind it. But her ability to kind of live in that minimalistic negative space and then just completely shift the opposite direction and and just dive in with, with full weight, There's it's, it's a very deft transition and plays really well to that subject matter that you talked about, that whole dealing with mental health and the struggles that come with that, where it holds up a mirror really well to this whole issue
0: well okay is she i want to talk about that emptiness and kind of the the darkness that that shrouds this track i'm not i'm not going to even try and persuade you with my thoughts on this i'm just going to blatantly ask it is she hiding in the emptiness and the silence and the darkness in here or is it being used specifically to true to translate or to to communicate what she's trying to achieve. How do you feel about that? Well,
1: what I feel like is you can't have your foot on the gas the entire time when you're talking about something like this. That you need to be able to take breaths and build anxiety and anticipation. And I feel like that's what these what these blank spaces do is it kind of it's 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 a rest. It's almost like you're just like What's going to, what's coming next? What, what am I, what am I going to see? Like, you know, like the only thing I can really equate it to at the moment that comes to mind is like, you think of a horror movie, like right before the big jump scare, it's quiet, there's nothing. And you're just like, is something going to happen? Is something going to happen? And then ultimately it does. And you don't get to have that big payoff moment without all of that, uh, anxiousness leading up to it. And you don't get to achieve that anxiousness without take like stripping things away.
3: Draw back. Watch life and death, dance as they intertwine and fill your veins with holy. Boy
0: The anticipation, I think, is key to this, and I think that it's 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 not a jump scare. You're not gonna, they're not gonna turn the volume to eleven and blast out some power chord in the last seconds to scare the crap out of you. The only thing scary about this track is how scary good it is. It it has that haunting echo within the minimalist first two two and a half minutes, but then clarity shifts, Mm -hmm. and it shifts into this tumultuous reverb Mm -hmm. that carries out for the remaining minute. And I think that this this fine touch this decision to do that really drives the sentiment of this track because the mental health and and especially watching those around you, the loved ones struggle with mental health. If you've ever to any degree been in a position where you've yourself struggled with mental health or, or had a loved one struggle with mental health, this isn't, it's not a bucket that you can just move around in the garage and it's going to retain form and you just put it over there. It, it varies and it has, different ranges and levels of i don't want to say explosiveness but intensity and i think that clarity that last minute that just as i said the tumultuous reverb that just grinds at the end of this just fires it out into that that realism well and that
1: that reverb deep synth sound like I I just, I can't get enough of it. I mean, we, we talked, we were talking earlier or at the beginning of the episode about, you know, where's the landscape of music going and just to take it to the present. Like the bands that are doing this and doing it well, we're literally going to stay in the UK here. Elder Island that we, you know, the song Feral that we covered in scattershot rock, um, episode, I think it was twenty nine does the exact same thing and that's another song that is just audio intensity and you know to kind of darker imagery but that sound just encapsulates it so well and maybe this is going back to my goth night days and I just really like that kind of deeper deeper bass synth sound but it's just it's it's scratching an itch that I need in my life right now and that's what I love so much about what what Dahlia ends up doing with the song because I talked about that anticipation Like, it needs a payoff, and the end of this song is that payoff.
0: It is season three of the Nanobot Rock Mixtape. Woohoo! This is where the budget gets blown out of proportion. Everybody longs for the original two, but don't worry. Things are going to still stay awesome. Stick with us. We appreciate you listening to and supporting the Nanobot Rock Mixtape. Keep listening to local and independent music. Keep supporting local and independent music. And Clay's got something to say to you.
1: As always, you can find us on the social medias, at Nanobot Rock. You can send us an email, info at nanobotrock.com.
0: We're on the web at nanobotrock.com. Does anybody still use the web, Greg? The web is still a thing, yes. It is. I still use it. When you tell me, instead of me, to it. Yeah, but you, you still listen to classic Google. rock. I love you, Bob Seeger. ZZ Top. Well, they're Texas.
1: Send us your submissions to info at nanobotrock.com. We love to hear from the bands. We love to hear from the publicists. We love to hear from the band's publicists, band's friends, managers' friends, friends of friends. Publicists' friends? No. No <laughs> No, I do not want any emails from the publicist friends. But everyone else can share their music with us, and as we like to say, share and share alike. Bye, everybody.